Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. This teaching is from the series, The Unexpected King, which was taught to help us celebrate Advent in 2022. In this series, we consider several unexpected characteristics of the coming King, as seen in Zechariah 9.9. We hope this helps you understand and apply God's Word in your life today. I'm going to just share a few thoughts tonight, just kind of wrapping up what we've done, and then we're going to be having our uh, special uh, Christmas candle lighting and singing Silent Night uh, at the end. But, you know, we've been talking, we, we, we just had the choir sing, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, because there's a bit of irony here that the Messiah was prophesied and expected for so long, and then so many in Israel missed when he came. And we've been spending our time looking at Zechariah 9.9, which is really an unexpected text for Advent. It was recognized as a messianic text. The Jews knew that it was pointing towards the Messiah. And in fact, when Jesus did his triumphal entry right before his crucifixion, this was the text that was picked to explain why he came in as uh, he did. But in looking at this text, it's been helping us to see that even though the Messiah had been expected, he was the long-expected Jesus that was coming, his actual coming was so unexpected that it was missed by most people then, and in fact, it's missed by most people now. So tonight, we're going to kind of recap that and then talk about how we respond as the people of God. And I want to remind us that Jesus is the unexpected king because of several things. Number one, he was unexpected in his humility. A couple of weeks ago, Bobby Bell did a great job in teaching on Jesus, who came in as the gentle and humble king, uh, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And gentleness and humility were the mark of the Messiah. But because he's a king, we so don't expect that that it was missed. Even though it's right there in the text, we were told this is the way he was going to be. We have our understandings of what a king is going to be like. And so we celebrate that Jesus came in total humility, that he was born to a poor couple in an inconsequential village rather than Jerusalem or especially rather than Rome in their day. He's born in a manger rather than a palace. And we sing, you know, away in a manger, and we think about that. And this humility marked his entire life and ministry. Throughout the, the life of Jesus, we find that he acts in a humble way. For those in our congregation, we've already started studying through Mark's gospel, and we've seen that rather than Jesus hiring a marketing PR firm, he's constantly withdrawing from the crowds. He constantly walked in humility. Jesus was also unexpected in his salvation. We were told that he was going to come and bring salvation, but everybody thinks immediately of external salvation. They're thinking that they needed to be saved from their external enemies and that God's going to do that by crushing the wicked. But as we've talked about in this series, the problem would be if God came and crushed the wicked, who would be crushed? Everybody. That wouldn't be good news at all. And so Jesus comes not to deliver us from external enemies, but rather to save us from ourselves and to save us from the sin 
that dwells within. And he does this by dying in our place. And interestingly, again, this was prophesied in the Old Testament. And specifically when the angel came to uh, Joseph and Mary, he, he spoke and he told Joseph, listen, Mary's going to give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus for, here's why, he will save his people, not from the Romans, not from political oppression, not from poverty or mistreatment. No, he will save his people from their sin. And this was the salvation we truly needed, but it's not the one we expected. It's not the one that we looked for then, and it's so often not the one we look for today. It's easy for us to miss how God is working in the midst of a situation because we're expecting him to save us in a different manner and from very different things than what he is actually working to do. And then finally, Jesus is unexpected in his righteousness because we were told he's going to be righteous, uh, and he certainly lived and ministered in righteousness. That was seen and recognized even on one occasion. Jesus taunted his enemies. Can you imagine doing this? Can anybody here point a sin out in my life? My wife does not get a chance to speak here. Right. I mean, who can do that? Who can say to their enemies, is there any sin you can point out? But Jesus could do that because he was perfectly righteous. But the amazing, astounding, unexpected thing was that he offered to give that righteousness to anyone who would recognize and confess their own unrighteousness. I was running just a, a week or two ago listening to an old Christian rock album, actually a really good one, and it has a line in one of the songs. And it says that you say God, he helps those who help themselves. But I found God helps the helpless, and he leaves all the rest to help themselves. See, is that we expect a God who's going to help those who do most of it themselves, and he'll fill in the last little bit. But Christ comes and says, look, you have no righteousness, but I'll give my righteousness to you if you'll just own up, if you won't keep playing along. I remember... Um, there was an episode in the TV show Seinfeld years ago where George Costanza, who needs a lot of mental help, um, he has told his soon-to-be in-laws that he has a house in the Hamptons. And they know he doesn't have a house in the Hamptons, but he's in the car driving along, acting as if he has a house in the Hamptons. And they're letting him know, we know you don't. And he keeps going, and he keeps going. They're like, are you going to admit that you don't have this house? And the answer is no, he's not going to admit that he doesn't have the house. Isn't that like us? I, I don't have righteousness, but Lord, I'm in the car and I'm going to keep acting like I have righteousness. Because God, if I do that, if, I, if, I, if I'm helping myself, then you'll fill in the, the little bit of extra. But see, God says, no, I'm just waiting for you to admit you're helpless. I'm waiting for you to admit you have no righteousness. So because Christ comes in this way, it is so unexpected. But see, there's one more thing in the text, which is how do we respond to the unexpected king? What is God looking for from us? Well, the first thing is he just wants us to embrace the king. Many people back then rejected Jesus because he was not the king they expected. This could not be 
the Messiah King. He wasn't from where they expected him to be. He wasn't born in the circumstances they expected him to be born in. He did not live and talk and minister in a way that met their expectations. And he was offering a salvation that was not the salvation they were looking for. And so they rejected him. And the fact is, we're 2,000 years later and nothing has changed under the sun. We still are tempted to do the same thing. He's not what we want or expect, so we think we can judge and reject him. But I want to remind us tonight, he may not be the king we expect, but he is the king we need. The salvation he offers may not be the salvation we expect, but it is precisely the salvation that we need. And so the first thing for every one of us here, or if we're watching online, is to receive the gentle, humble, saving, and righteous King. Because in Him is life and salvation and joy. And there is no joy apart from Him. See, if a King had come and been the expected King, it wouldn't have actually brought joy. It wouldn't have actually brought salvation. It would have just been more endless disappointment for us. So the first thing is for us to receive Him and then secondly, it's to respond with joy and worship. The reason tonight we picked the carols that we did, they're all basically around the theme of joy. Because that's what's actually the beginning of the text we've been looking at in Zechariah 9 tells us, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. And why? Because your king is coming. He is going to come to us. So the prophet tells us right there how we are to respond. We are to rejoice, to shout, because the king has come. We are to be filled with joy that overflows into worship. And we of all people, see Zechariah is telling them to do it because of what's going to happen in the future. We do it now because it has already happened. Our king has come. And we are saved. No matter what else goes on in this world, our king has come and we are saved. And so I'm going to just give us a couple of things to think through as to why we do this. As the people of God, we should be filled with joy and worship because, number one, God fulfilled all of his promises to send Jesus. And that shows us God is faithful. See, Israel was tempted to think God was not faithful, that God had forgotten them. But the entire story of Christmas is, no, we may forget, God never forgets. He always keeps, he always remembers his promises, he is always faithful to do them, and that's a reason for you and me to have joy, because no matter what else is going on in life, God is faithful. Secondly, it's a reminder that we can rejoice because our king is near to us. We forget this today, but... God, God could have saved from far off, but he did not. The, the, the king that we worship humbled himself. He took our flesh, and he's showing us in doing that that there are no lengths to which he will not go to be with us and to save us. This is why we call our king Emmanuel, God with us. He is a constant reminder that God is, in fact, with us. 
But if we're honest, do we all struggle sometimes feeling like God is not near us? God is far off from us. Life is full of difficult circumstances. The reason Jesus came in the way he did is because this world, until he returns, and until everything is completed, is going to be full of difficulties. It's going to be full of trials. But we can remember God is faithful. And God is with us. And he has come. He's worked salvation for us, which means our creator judge is also our redeemer king. And wouldn't it be good news if, if you were going in to stand before a judge and he had the power of life and death over you to know that the judge was not only your judge, but he was, he was also your uh, attorney. He was on your side. He was arguing your case. I mean, that would be some good comfort going in. Well, that's exactly what we have. The judge is actually our advocate. He's actually the one that argues in our defense. And so tonight, wherever you're at, each of us have had different years. For some people, it's been a good year. For some people, it's been a tough year. And here's the news for 2023. For some people, it's going to be a good year. And for some people, it's going to be a tough year. And for every one of us, there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. There's going to be times where it seems like things are what we want and it seems like God is close by. And then there's going to be times where it seems like God is far away. But like Israel, we can understand that even when we don't understand what is happening, even when it seems like um, everything is unexpected, we can still have joy in the midst of that, not because we're not paying attention to what's happening around us, but because we know, you know what, I remember this is exactly how Israel felt. They thought God had forgotten his promises because all the circumstances seemed to say, no, that was a long time ago, and I think God's forgotten. God had not forgotten. He was coming at the most unexpected time in the most unexpected way. And our king is still working in unexpected ways in our lives and in the world. And just as he came the first time to fulfill his promises, he's going to return a second time, that second theme in Advent, that Christ is going to come again. And so, friends and brothers and sisters, we are here, and oftentimes we don't understand what's happening. And there's lots of people that will tell you, you know, if you send your 1999 and I'll give you this set of MP3 files and they'll explain to you everything. No, they can't. We don't. Not in this world. It is often unexpected. And it doesn't even matter if God tells us ahead of time. He told us all these things about the Messiah and we still didn't see it. Even if God laid it out, we would miss it when it actually came to pass. But the good news is, even though we don't know what's happening, even though we don't understand what's happening, God does. And the same God who was faithful to send Christ will be faithful to meet us and to walk with us. No matter what this year has brought, no matter what next year will bring. So as you're struggling, as I struggle, or as we go through good times, remember that what God has done in showing us himself as the unexpected king is to give us encouragement, it's to give us hope, to give us joy, to give us love, to give us peace in the midst of whatever we're walking through because he is faithful. It will happen at a time we do not expect. 
in a manner we do not expect, but our God will save. Our God will deliver, and the ultimate deliverance will be that we will have not just a good year, but a good eternity, rejoicing forever and ever. Amen. What we're going to have is the, the worship team is going to come up to the stage, and we're going to do the traditional uh, candle lighting and passing the candle around. So if everybody wants to go ahead and stand. And, you know, traditions like this are pretty nostalgic, and that's great. It's good to have traditions. It's good to have some nostalgia. That can be fine. But I want to remind us tonight, it's a lot more than that. It's about joyful worship to the King. It's about saying in a dark world, we are receiving the light of Christ because we know he has come and we're going to take the light, we're going to hold the light, we're going to pass the light on because, you know, a lot of believers probably thought 1,900 years ago Jesus was coming in their lifetime, right? But here we are, the light is still here, the gospel has stood firm through 2,000 years all these countries that have heard and responded to the gospel, and in fact, it's growing faster now than ever before. So we want to do this, and we're going to do it with uh, joy and worship. I encourage you to receive the light and pass it on, but also sing with joy, sing with gusto. It'll be silent night, and then a chance for us to conclude with, uh, Oh, come, let us adore him. Father, we are so grateful that you made covenant with us, Lord, as we stood in the garden, guilty, guilty of treason, deserving of being sent away. You made a covenant promise that you would come and you would save. And that promise was like a light that led and held your people down through the ages. And no matter how dark it became, Lord, the light and the hope of the gospel, the promise that you would come and you would redeem, held. And Lord, even when it seemed like all was lost and at the least expected time, Father, you remembered and you sent the Spirit to a young virgin. And Lord, your Son came into this earth to work salvation for us. So Lord, tonight we do adore him for he has come, he is our king, and we are saved. Thanks be to God for the salvation that you have worked for us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray you would fill us with your blessing you would send us forth with your blessing. And Lord, let us take the light everywhere we go from here to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Before we go, in just a minute, we'll have a word of benediction. I do want to thank the worship team who came in here early to uh, practice and to lead us in singing tonight. If you could give them a round of applause as much as you can with a candle. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you can snap with one finger. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks everyone. I encourage you now receive the blessing and benediction of God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him 
so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, the King has come and we are saved. Go forth full of the joy of those who are blessed by God and be a blessing. In Jesus' name, Merry Christmas. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.